which you can find on page 1053. The Widow's Offering. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. This is the word of the Lord. those who were not able to be at Nando's farewell, I want to say good night, Nando. Sleep well, and we will see you in the morning. Amen. We have a... Okay if we can get the pictures with this, otherwise we're wasting time. <laughs> what do you value in life? If you live in Hawaii, you can have not just a seaside restaurant, but a restaurant in the sea. If you live in Texas, you may value not four wheels, but for whose you live elsewhere in the USA, let's say California. I'm hoping your cynical British humor will get that. You value fitness, yeah, or do you? And thinking of Liz in China, it's a rifle range. So the key concept this morning um, is from a gentleman you may have heard of, and we're in a series on the grace of giving and looking at the widow's might. Uh, I speak in a lot of uh, different denominations, and speaking to leaders, it evidence suggests that between 50% and two-thirds of any congregation are actually technically nominal followers of Jesus. That means they're more in name only and in aspiration than actual engagement. And again, thinking of Ramadan, I don't know if you know that there are five pillars of Islam, which are the things that Muslims have to practice to be orthodox. And I, I found there are five tenets of, the Christ, of Christian practice. Christians are very good at what we believe, loads of creeds, loads of statements of faith, but 
five tenets of what we're supposed to not just think, but do as Christians. Here they are from Acts chapter 2. The apostles' teaching. Are you in a growth group? Fellowship. Are you in a growth group? Breaking of bread. Are you regularly doing this? Prayer. Where are you when the church gathers to pray? Giving. There's the fifth. Chapter 2, verse 35 of Acts 2. Giving. Is your giving organized or haphazard? And the beauty in the New Testament church is what I call a strap line of the New Testament church. There was no one in need. Now work your giving around that. <laughs> and these awkward questions would come from Jesus who is a prophet and prophets ask such, such questions. Now, our series, The Grace of Giving, is looking at the fifth tenet of Christian practice. Did you know that the Bible contains 500 verses about prayer? But over 2,000 about giving. <laughs> Where's Sarah? <laughs> ah. Did you know that 40% of Jesus' parables were about money? Not the kingdom of God, not forgiveness, not heaven, money. So in verse 1, it says, as Jesus looked up. And what I love about this little fourth verse insight is that it, what Jesus said was spontaneous, a spontaneous reaction to what he saw. As he looked up, he happened to see rich people putting their gifts into the temple treasury. Now, if Augustine was in this morning, I would be his new best friend because he's doing a PhD in an issue called posterity theology, posterity teaching. And in prosperity teaching, it says wealth is a sign of God's blessing, while poverty is a sign of being out of God's blessing. There's something wrong with you. But Jesus taught the opposite. Mary in the Magnificat, Luke 1, says he fills the hungry with good things, but the rich he sends empty away. Jesus said in Luke 6, 24, Woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. And then in Matthew 12, Rich, you may be rich in this world, but not rich towards God. 
And the fact is, Jesus was poor. And the prosperity people say, but Abraham was rich. All the patriarchs were rich. But the apostle Paul and Jesus were poor. And if you ask Jesus, one of the things that I would love to have asked him if I was alive in his day, it's like, what do you do? <laughs> What's your training? And he'd tell me, I'm a tecton in Greek. I'm a tecton, a skilled working class laborer. He was born in a borrowed stable. taught from a borrowed boat. You know that, don't you? He rode into Jerusalem on a borrowed donkey. He celebrated the Last Supper in a borrowed room. And he was supported <laughs> in his ministry by wealthy women. Don't look at me. <laughs> and there's an investigation into how Nigel Farage's new party is being funded. If they investigated Jesus' funding, it was wealthy women. The tabloids would have subpoenaed them. And he was poor. And Paul in 2 Corinthians 8 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich in heaven as God, yet he became poor, so that we, through his poverty, could become spiritually rich. So, for me, it reminds me of an organization I worked for, and a supporter gave a gift, and he lived in France, and the gift was a stamp collection. So he turned up, we sent our finance man to pick up this gift, whatever it was, and it was a, it was a stamp album, and he'd got it in a Sainsbury's bag, he'd got off the Euro got it in a Sainsbury's bag. It was only worth 250,000 pounds when it was auctioned in London. And he brought it in a Sainsbury's bag to Waterloo Station. And this is what the Bible is telling us Jesus was. Jesus was like the crown jewels wrapped in newspaper. Man. Jewels wrapped in newspaper, the most priceless gift in history wrapped in humanity. And this is why Paul, again in 2 Corinthians 9, says, Thanks be to God for this unspeakable gift wrapped in newspaper. But then we go on in verse 2 if you've still got your Bible open. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Now this, he noticed, 
This tells us God has poverty on his agenda. And Archbishop Romero, I've told you before, you look at people like Mother Teresa of Calcutta, and she feeds the poor, so they call her a saint. While Archbishop Romero asks, why are they poor? And they called him a communist and a separatist while he was celebrating Easter. Poverty is on the heart of God. And so Jesus' analysis in verse 4, all these people gave their gifts from a position of wealth. But she gave from a position of poverty. So she gave all she had to live on. Are you getting the implication of this? to his riches, have you noticed? Not out of his riches. And there's a difference. All right, Philippians 4, 19. God will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Now, imagine, well, a survey was, was done of one of the wealthiest denominations in the world. And on average, people give 52p per person per week in that denomination. One of the wealthiest denominations in the world. So, if a billionaire gives 500,000 pounds and a homeless person gives 50p, who has given more? The billionaire gave out of his wealth. The homeless person has given, sorry, you know what I'm saying, don't you? It's the other way around. The billionaire has given according, sorry, and work it out for yourself. It's one of those mornings. Right, here's a joke. When in doubt, tell a joke. A 50p coin met a 20 pound note and they got chatty. And the 20 pound note said, I go shopping a lot. And the 50p said, Oh, I go to church a lot. <laughs> You're getting the drift of this, of what Jesus is getting at. So Jesus is saying, it's not about what you give, it's about what you've got left after you give. That is how radical these simple parables are. It's profound. And so quickly, and I'm done, and my wife will be fainting at this point. I'm trying to go 15 minutes. 
He's impressed already. Good. Oh, I've been unbuckling all these. Up. No, no. Fifteen. Call every lay reader something from the fiber of my body. Right. I want to give you seven quick rules of giving. By the way, if I've said I haven't done Best Buy PowerPoint today, but if come and talk to me, give me your email, and I'll send you all the notes. Great people out there. Okay. Rule number one, seven rules about giving. Before giving, take care of your responsibilities first. Paul says in 1 Timothy 5, if anyone does not provide for his family, his relatives, especially his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. How often do we hear preaching on that? Rule number two, enjoy what you have. It's a blessing from God. How often do we hear preaching on that? Lamentations 3, 12 says, I know that nothing is better than to rejoice and to do good in life. And also that every man and woman should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all their labor. It is the gift of God. How about that? Don't feel guilty. Some missionaries, you know the old story, don't you? They actually, in the Victorian era, people in England used to use their tea bags when they came out, not Victoria, when they, when they came out, tea bags, used to use them and send the used ones for the missionaries. Hello? If you're not prepared to live on used tea bags, don't foist them onto missionaries. So one time, Julia and I had a family pass this, uh, to Disney World, remember? And a family, uh, and we were two days on, left on it or something, and a family who was in Sudan needed a holiday. Well, how dare anybody criticize that that family also take their tea bags? Hello, better than a used tea bag. Rule number three, support the local expression of the kingdom in church. And I've always lived my life from Numbers 18. Give a tithe to the Levites, to the ministry, for their upkeep and the tabernacle, the church, for the work that is done while they people serve in the tent of meeting. And tithe is a, 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 an Old Testament guide, and in New Testament grace, we're able to go beyond as the Lord helps us. In cash, I notice in the New Testament, in cash and kind, people gave. Rule number four, be as generous as you can, and then a bit more. That's where the fun starts with God. He's no man's debtor. And King David said, and I haven't got the text, but it's in Chronicles somewhere, I will not give to the Lord that which costs me nothing. To stop the jumble sale approach to church, 
stop the, oh, that'll do, it's only for church. Excuse me. And this was our argument when we did the prayer room. If it's not as good as being at home, there's something wrong. That's God's front room. Hello. Am I touching anybody? I speak in many denominations. And the jumble sale mentality. Or anything will do for Jesus. I'm sorry. And I know that's not what people are saying. Rule number five. Use whatever you have to serve the kingdom of God. I love this. This is when the Lord uses it in Luke 6. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. And running over shall it be given to you. Isn't that lovely? Get into a, a, that kind of a blessed circle. Not a gift circle. A blessed circle of giving and generosity. Rule number six. It's a special calling to keep wealth in order to serve Jesus. Did you know that? This is why so much in this country came from filthy rich Christians who are using their wealth for the kingdom of God. I sat with one of the owners of the family of Spa, the Spa supermarket. And I was shocked at the global network of finance, millions over the decades, millions and millions and millions of pounds into the kingdom of God through that family who use money to serve the kingdom of God. And when people get on to people like Cliff Richards, that's my reaction as well. But anyway, Joseph of Arimathea, he stayed rich and paid for Jesus' tomb, Matthew 27. Zacchaeus, as we saw uh, the other week, gave away 50% and, and kept the rest. Hello. I wonder what he did with that. Barnabas used his wealth to support uh, the gospel mission, Acts 4. Cornelius and Lydia used their money to plant a church in Acts 10. And wealthy women sponsored Jesus' ministry. Right. Rule number seven. Giving is a basic responsibility, but there is also a gift of giving, a charisma a grace gift of giving it. And Paul mentions it in Romans 12, 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is giving, give generously. <laughs> Let it go. Bless the work of the Lord. Bless somebody in Jesus' name. As you're able. So, if I may quote uh, Bishop John Taylor, who wrote, version of the Bible. Mike Rarely wrote one. Anyway. Good news. Our, our enemy is not possessions, but excess. Our battle cry is not nothing, but enough. Avoid both materialism, excess, and asceticism, say that with, with your face, asceticism, hold your possessions lightly, 
and be content. Earn all you can. Save all you can. Give all you can. And may the Lord bless us abundantly.